Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. It's a comedy podcast about death. We answer your questions, we provide you with dubious advice, and we bring you all the week's news from both Mars, which is a cold, dead rock, in the vacuum of space, and AFC Wimbledon, which is the greatest fan-owned institution in the world. I am here today with the lovely Karen Hallion. Hello. Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am an artist, illustrator, and part-time Jedi. Um, <laughs> mostly the part-time is because I have kids, so I'll get back to my studies for Jedi training at a future date. Um, I'm from Boston. And I do a lot of pop culture mashups, Star Wars, Disney, Doctor Who. Um, and then I was lucky enough to work on Hank's Wizard School last year, and I did all of the art for that, which was an incredible experience. You can find Karen uh, at her Etsy store. She also has stuff at uh, dftba.com, your friendly neighborhood e-tailer. And... Um, <laughs> Also, uh, I should add that the game that she did the illustrations for, Wizard School, will be available soon for the Christmas holidays. <laughs> so, uh, usually at the beginning of the podcast, Karen, we talk about ah, just how we're doing. How we're doing. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little anxious just because uh, usually I'm in my basement when I do this. Are you really? <laughs> But other than that, I'm well. There's a few people here. Yeah, it's weird. Usually, you, you're just comments. Yeah. It's weird to me that you have bodies. Uh, somebody, first. <laughs> somebody just got the first comment. Congratulations. <laughs> that reminds me of my all-time favorite Hank joke. Um, what did the YouTube commenter... Uh, say when they finished fifth in the marathon. First. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, we're going to skip the short poem for the day because I didn't prepare one. Uh, if you come to my thing later today, I'll be reading a little bit of a short poem, so maybe that'll be, that'll be better. But, um, yeah, so we're going to start with the question, Karen. This question comes from Fiona, and she writes, Dear, dear John and Hank, this summer Apple ran a promotion if you brought... Okay, so <laughs> when we make the podcast... I make a lot of mistakes, and then I just say, Nick, back up. And that means Nick, the editor of the podcast, should back up, and we're going to start over. So, Nick, back up. <laughs> this summer, Apple ran a promotion where if you bought a laptop, you got a free pair of $300 wireless Beats headphones. I needed a laptop for college, so I got a free pair of Beats. Since I spend so much time walking around campus in New York City, wireless headphones are super convenient to listen to the pod and other stuff while I walk. However... Every time I wear them, I feel totally obnoxious and like I'm showing off how much money I can spend on headphones since they're so large and flashly. Fla Nick, back up. <laughs> since they're so large and flashy. How do I wear these headphones without looking like a jerk? Okay, we got oh, some. Nice. If you could bring those up, please. Thank you. We have some of these. Are you Fiona? Oh, God. Are, are, okay. Wow. There you those, go. Those aren't that big. I mean, I was picturing like three times this size. They're yeah, those are those, those are, are nice. quite subtle. Yeah, those are for New York. That's incredibly subtle. I yeah. Was, I was just in New York last weekend. There is no normal in New York. There is no subtle in New York. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think. Well, first off, the major thing that I would do is I would get a T-shirt designed by Karen. <laughs> and anytime I wore the Beats headphones, I would wear the T-shirt, and the T-shirt would would just explain the situation. <laughs> they like would the just say, like, I uh, got these headphones free with my computer. I didn't buy them. I'm not the kind of person who would buy these headphones. <laughs> Shannon, I'm sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> Shannon got them for free. Um, <laughs> everyone, maybe we should make that t-shirt since everyone who has Beats headphones apparently has the same story. Well, if... It'd be basically a picture of someone wearing them and say, ask me about my headphones. Right. I'd like to tell you the entire story. Let me tell story. you the story. Yeah. Let me explain. That's, I think that's, that's the solution. I'll get on it. <laughs> ask me about my headphones. <laughs> yeah, other than that, I think, um, I think, like you said, you don't really look like a jerk in New York, nope. especially when you're showing off your conspicuous consumption. <laughs> Uh, Karen, would you like to read the next, the next question? This one right here? Yeah. All right. Dear Hank and John, it seems to me that eccentric people are the best kind of people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I really admire those who have found a quirky passion and embrace it without irony or self-consciousness. I would love to be more eccentric, but the problem is I am drawn to fairly normal things like crossword puzzles and books. <laughs> My question is this, is it possible to become more eccentric on purpose, or is true, I can't say this, eccentricity? I think that's right. What was that, Nick, bring it back? Nick, Nick, back up there. <laughs> I'm gonna screw it up again. Or is it true, is, or is true eccentricity so innate that the act of trying to be eccentric just makes you a poser? <sighs> Wishing I had a freak flag to fly. <laughs> Carrie. It's a deep question. Yeah, it's deep. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't think that crossword puzzles and books are... 
the norm these days. I mean, yeah, that, that seems yeah. kind of like a freak flag yeah, in I mean, itself. Like, I watched that uh, documentary about competitive crossword puzzlers. There's, uh, there's a documentary. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and you do not emerge from that documentary thinking like, well, those people are putting on their eccentric airs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can be nerdy about almost anything. Yeah. It's just, it's, for me, nerdiness is not so much um, what you're into, but the way you're into it. It's the level of your passion for it, I think. Right, and that ability to not be uh, embarrassed about yeah. your passion. Like, not try to couch it in irony. Proud of your freak flag. Yeah, I think you do have a freak flag to fly, Carrie. Yeah. Get really into crosswords. <laughs> I believe in you. I think she can do it. But I do think there is nothing worse than being eccentric on purpose. Yeah, I, there's nothing subtle about that. You can pick those people out of a crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. All right, we got another question. This one uh, comes from Zena. This is a question near and dear to my heart since my brother's not here. <laughs> Dear John and Hank, my sister has just moved out to go to university in Berlin. Obviously, she couldn't take all of her stuff with her as the room she is going to live in is very small. My question is, is all of what she has left behind now mine? <laughs> she clearly has no use for it anymore. So I'm thinking, why should I not be allowed to inherit the things? Because she's not dead, Zena. <laughs> She went to college. That is spoken like a true older brother. Isn't possession nine-tenths of the law? No. No. I know um, in podcasts I'm supposed to yes and you, but no. <laughs> Here's my story about when I went to college. Beginning in the year 1983, I started collecting baseball cards and I was a very passionate baseball card collector. I was a huge fan of the Chicago Cubs. I watched between 100 and 130 Chicago Cubs games on TV every year when I was like five and six years old. I had all the baseball cards. I had a Carl Yastrzemski rookie card. I had so many great baseball cards. I had an Andre Dawson rookie card, mint condition. I had, uh, what I would do is every year, whatever team won the World Series, I would, I would put all of the starting uh, lineup for the winning game on a page of my baseball card collection. And so you could flip through and you could see who, you know, was in the starting lineup for every World Series winner. And then after those would come all the Cubs because they never won. And um, this year, this year <coughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've learned, I've learned not, not to hope. Um, so this is what happened. I came home one summer from college, and I went to look, look at my five or 6,000 baseball cards, and they weren't there. And I was like, what, uh, what happened to my baseball cards, Hank? And he said, and I swear to God, I'm quoting him directly. <laughs> I sold them on eBay. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that coming. Seriously? Yeah. Hank. And then I was like, well, then where's my money? <laughs> 
And he was like, it's my money. I inherited your baseball card collection when you went to college. <laughs> All right. I mean, you have two kids. Tell me, tell me, what, tell me what, you, what your approach would be in this situation as a mother. Oh, I mean, on the one hand, it's pretty, pretty smart of the younger one no. to make a quick buck. I mean, I got to admire his, you know, go get it, you know. But... Yeah. As an older, as the oldest of three kids, I would kill my, my brother and sister. So I don't know how Hank is still living. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. It's such an <laughs> annoying, it's such a Hank thing to do too, to be like, well, these baseball cards aren't the money that they could be. Why don't I turn them into money? I, I love that you're still mad about it too, because my sister still brings things up. I mean... 30 years ago, I can't believe you did this to me. I was like, I was 10. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, but he wasn't 10. <laughs> well, Hank has a childlike air about him, so... It's true. It's a great, that's a terrible point. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> Zena, that is not your stuff. <laughs> Karen thinks it might be your stuff. It's debatable. All right, this question comes from Camilla. Possibly Camila. I'm not very good at pronouncing. Camille. Oh, you want to ask this one? Why don't oh, you no, ask no, this no. One? I was just, I'll do it. No, yeah. yeah. All right. Dear Hank and John, some close relatives of mine recently got a puppy. The problem is that they gave this puppy a name that is also a nickname my family uses for me. It is. Boo. <laughs> It is a very obvious short version of my full name, and I was very annoyed and hurt by this. Camo? Yeah, what is Cam? 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 Cammy? Cammy. Cam, Cammy? definitely Cammy. Cammy I don't, why did I go to Camo first? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know whether my relatives simply haven't noticed the obvious similarities between the two names or if they just don't care. Either way, I find it difficult to accept that a nickname that I'm very fond of and have had my entire life will now be forever associated with the dog. I might have to stop using the nickname altogether because asking them to change it is out of the question, and I feel like this is unfair. Some dubious, dubious advice on how to deal with this situation would be greatly appreciated. Best wishes, Camilla? Camilla? What do we decide? Probably Cammy. Cammy? So... We were talking about this, is my son's name is James, and when he was a baby, we started calling him the Peach, because he had Peach Fuzz and James and the Giant Peach, and it stuck. So maybe it's not Cammy, maybe it's something that's maybe completely... Maybe it's Peach, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's Peach. Yeah, that's a little-known sequel that Roald Dahl wrote, Cammy and the, Cammy Giant, and the Peach. Giant Peach. It's a good one. But would you name your dog... Peach. No, that would be a really cute name for a kitten. I mean, it would. It's but a great, a little a great like orange, name. fluffy. It's a great peach. cat name. But no. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't do it. I mean, my parents had a dog named Maggie, which is also a human name, but we don't know anyone named Maggie, obviously, <laughs> because that's horrible. I think like that's very. I don't have any dubious advice except that to say that you are definitely in the right, in my opinion. I, yeah, I sympathize. And this person who did this to you, that's, that's just not cool. I will say, when you say in the email, let me, let me find the, the line, uh, an, that this name you've had for your entire life will forever be associated with a dog, you might be slightly exaggerating... <laughs> 
the extent to which this dog is going to impact your life. <laughs> like, if you don't live with this dog, if you think about a dog you don't, like, close your eyes and think about the dog that's closest to you that you don't live with. It's probably not a super important dog, <laughs> you know? For me, anyway. <laughs> I literally cannot think of a dog I don't live with. Yeah, I'm oh, trying to think, and nope. I can't. That one, my brother's dog, nope, no, I has can't. died. Well, oh. it's a comedy podcast about death. That's, it is very sad, it's though. It's too soon. It's very sad. It's too soon. It is too soon. It's, all, it's always going to be too soon. I drew a picture of Lemon, right? Oh. In the wizard school. Oh. And it was very sad when oh. I did that. Oh, God, yeah. that's so I'm sad sorry, and sweet. I, it was, it and it will be available soon at oh, dftb.com. <laughs> and that's just... <laughs> it's the kind of drawing that you don't want to live without. And for $30, you won't have to. <laughs> nice segue. Very subtle. <laughs> oh, man. So we've, we've made it like a, a year, Karen, for a little bit of context without having any proper sponsors. But we're starting to get uh, sponsors reaching out to us. And just, y'all probably don't know this, but my brother will n not let me sell out. It's so annoying. <laughs> I've been trying to sell out since 2007. Carl's Jr. offered us $5,000 to eat a Carl's Jr. hamburger in a Vlogbrothers video. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and Hank was like, those are disgusting. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> probably shouldn't have told that story. Nick, <laughs> Nick, you might want to roll that back. Yeah. But it's up to you, though. Um, and uh, he won't let me do it but I'm trying to insert as many DFTBA product placements as I can into the show. All right, since he's not here. <laughs> okay, Karen, I have, another, I have another question for you. This one comes from Name Pending, who asks, Dear John and Hank, if I wanted to start writing under a pseudonym, how does that work? Do I need to create a whole back story for the life of that person, including a fictitious family? Yes. <laughs> I think of author bios on a book. Do I just make it all up? Yes. Also... <laughs> Also, do you just pretend this is a real person, or do you have to tell strangers that, that it's a pseudonym? What if you pick a different gender, but then become super famous and people want to interview you? Won't they feel deceived, or can you still never tell them and just decline all in-person interviews? Yes. So you know pseudonymous people. I do. Um, that was one of the... I belong to an artist group, and um, a lot of us have debated this back and forth about whether or not to have a pseudonym as an artist name or your own name, and they're both they both come with pros and cons. Definitely social media and the loss of privacy is uh, making a whole thing, whole person up. I mean, are you really John Green? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm questioning everything. No, if I could go back, I might not be though. Like, yeah, if I could I'm go not back, sure if I, might, I would. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there, the nice thing, well, artist pseudonyms are often like obviously pseudonyms, you know, and there's no like backstory to their lives. Like, you know, they're, they're usually not names. Yeah, my friend Crystal's is Bambuda, which you should Google Bambuda because she's really talented. Right. So like, but nobody thinks like Bambuda is the person's real name. So I think, I think that kind of pseudonym is, is good. And then other than, I don't, the one thing I'll say is I don't like it. Uh, this may be a personal thing, but I don't like it when male writers especially take on female pseudonyms because I feel like it's a way of trying to skirt around questions that they need to be addressing directly. Um, I don't know if that's right, but it's always made me a little bit uncomfortable 
comfortable. Uh, whereas like when Nora Roberts has that JD Robb, I don't know if you guys like Nora Roberts, but I'm a huge fan. Um, she's a romance writer, but she also writes legal thrillers under this name JD Robb. That's not weird to me because, um, you know, because that's the way that institutional sexism works. Well, when I was, I mean, when I first started, <laughs> when I first started subbing work to sites and things, I took a page out of um, J.K. Rowling's book and subbed everything as K. Allian, mm, and a lot right. of people thought that I was a guy. Sure. Um, everything on now Kevin? is Karen Hallian, but Kevin, Kenneth. 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 Kenneth Hallian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now I know when I when Kenneth Hallian blows up online, I'm going to know, know exactly who that yeah. is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I mean that's something that a lot of women writers uh, do, uh, especially when they're first getting published, um, because there is I mean there it's not really uh, this it's talked about as if it's a politicized thing, and of course it is it is political, but. Uh, like sexism exists in, in publishing and in most other fields. In uh, art. And, and art, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it does affect, it yeah. affects people's lives. Yeah. That's the way that it works. It's not like a, it's not like a vague problem uh, or just a political problem. It's, a, it's also a personal problem in, in everybody's real life. No, I was told by a few artists who were unhappy I kept getting printed at a certain site that it was because I was a girl and they were choosing Oh, on yeah. Twitter, the only so reason. many advantages they used to different being a words. female artist. Yeah. yeah, different words than girl, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's there. No, it's. But it is. It's there. It's there. Um, so anyway, name pending. Do definitely invent an extremely complicated backstory. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Yeah, and not like a human backstory either, but like a radioactive spider level thing where like something happened to you and you were one person and then you became somebody else. And maybe it's even a thing where uh, like David Levithan's book Every Day where um, you inhabit a different body each day. So every day you have a new pseudonym. I don't know, but it's gotta be extreme. Well, then you do that, and then you write that story, and then it's your autobiography. Yes. It's brilliant. Yeah. So meta, I don't even know, I know what it means. Really <laughs> Love it. Inception. All right. We had to get to this question. Guys, this is a difficult one. Um, I don't want to sugarcoat it, make it seem like it's not going to be hard to talk about. Uh, this is from Alyssa, and she writes... Dear John and Hank, in college, I volunteered to be a model for an ad campaign for the university, and I was told to wear the clown costume I wore for a theater production I was in, since everyone in the shoot would be wearing crazy costumes. Now, I want to pause here, Karen, and quickly discuss, in that situation, would you have agreed to go to the, sh the shoot? Wear a clown costume? Clowns are scary. Very scary. No. Deeply scary. No, I'm terrified of clowns. Yeah. Uh -uh. No, no. Mm -mm. I would never have... I, I can not imagine a set of circumstances that would result in me being in a clown costume. A dare that you lost to Hank. I mean, no, I think I would just like... I think I would just be like, I lose. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> Not to give Hank any ideas. <clears throat> oh, God, that would be the worst. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't. I feel like I need to represent Hank yeah. here. So. No, you're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, it gets worse. Um, 
On the day of the shoot, I realized that I was the only one wearing a costume. <laughs> That's the worst. They even gave me a laptop to hold so I could look more casual. A clown with a laptop is just so creepy. The ad became a group shot of normal students and then me as a clown. It gets so much worse. A life-size version of this ad has been up in the San Antonio airport for over three years. <laughs> Brothers, how do I convince the good people of San Antonio that I am not a crazy clown lady? <laughs> Alyssa. I think possibly writing in and telling us this so that now everybody knows was not the right way to go about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Every listener to Dear Hank and John is booking a flight to San Antonio right now. Taking a selfie with that. (laughs) 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 We have a picture here. We're gonna have more soon. And I would like to tell you that it is not terrible. But I can't. You can't lie. Don't lie. This is a very bad situation that really? Alyssa is in, guys. This is very dark. <laughs> to be fair, clown makeup covers, I mean, she's not. Unfortunately, Karen, she's not in clown makeup. She's oh, just wearing God. the clown costume. It's a black and white, so, oh. It's awkward. Yeah, I mean, the obvious uh, solution change is. Change names. Change names. Plastic surgery, some kind of face-altering plastic surgery. But then I think the obvious thing is... Or embrace it. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, or just embrace it. Create a Facebook fan page for this clown. I'm referring to this as the the Ken Bone strategy. (laughs) Oh, God. Everybody's like, well, you're a nerd. And he's like, yup. (laughs) I think think embracing it... That's a strong strategy. Yeah, Twitter feed. Oh, my God. Instagram. Everybody posts their selfies with it on Instagram and tags her. Right. Do it. Yeah, just own it. And then what were you saying? Hank wants you to get sponsors. Right. Yeah, we can have this college. Trinity University in San Antonio. That's where my, actually, one of my cousins went there. (laughs) Oh. Boy, that is a bad picture. We'll post it on the Patreon. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> That's so mean. Well, she sent in the picture. I mean, I know. It's just a very bad situation. And when she says life size, she means no, life it's... size. Yeah. Oh, God. It's creepy. I can't imagine walking. It's in the airport? Did you yeah. say airport? Yeah. Well, I mean, also, how is that a good advertisement for your university? How does like, that happen? Oh, this, you'll love going to college here. There's seven students and a clown. That's not good. One other option that occurred to me just now is what if uh, Alyssa just leaves her whole life behind, gets a pseudonym, moves to Finland, starts over, just like straight from scratch. Writes a book. Writes a book under the new pseudonym. Uh, Yeah. Has a whole new life. Where is that name Name pending? Name pending. Mm -hmm. Name pending is not a terrible pseudonym. No, I like that actually. It's pretty good. Oh, God. I'm so upset. Yeah. 
good thing you're going to post that on Patreon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you can subscribe to Dear Hank and John for as little as a dollar a month. <laughs> okay, we have an actually serious question. <laughs> this one comes from Jasmine who writes, Dear John and Hank, uh, I, like many people, am very interested uh, in and saddened by the global wealth disparity and poverty in the developing world. What I hear most is that poverty, or perhaps uh, extreme poverty, is living on less than $1 a day. American currency is often very strong globally, which makes me wonder if this $1 a day is a fair line in countries where their currency is very weak in comparison to the U.S. dollar. Um, for example, my sister went to China recently and reported spending less than 10 cents on a bottle of water, something that would cost 7 to $10 here at home. Where do you live? New York. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. still $7 for a bottle of water. Yeah, that's close to, yeah. For a, if I'm getting a $7 bottle of water, I wish to be able to swim in it. Boston, too, is pretty... Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, in Indianapolis, a bottle of water is about 10 cents. We've got... <laughs> we've got Shanghai prices. <laughs> I feel like when talking about poverty, there is no reference point other than the, uh, another country's currency. So this is a really uh, interesting and important thing to understand when we talk about absolute poverty. Uh, it's, a do it's usually defined as $1.25 uh, per day, but it is measured as uh, purchasing power uh, what's a measurement called purchasing power, uh, which means that it is the equivalent to $1.25 per day in the United States. Uh, so that is, the, that is the amount of purchasing power that someone living in absolute poverty has, the equivalent of what you or I could buy here in the United States for $1.25 per day. And that's why absolute poverty is so... Uh, extreme. Now, there is absolute poverty in the United States. There, here, it's often defined as less than $2 per day, and there are more than a million people in the U.S. living on less than $2 a day. Um, but it's, re it's important to understand that because it's, it's, it, it's often portrayed as a way to get out of the poverty trap. Oh, you know, $1.25 a day goes a long way in Somalia. Well, no, it doesn't because, of, uh, because that's not the way that it's measured. So I just wanted to be clear about that because I hear about that all the time and I think it's really important to understand. Uh, but, and also, it's a great question. So yeah, absolute poverty is really, really, really poor. And mm. yeah, all right, no jokes there. No. I do have a joke about this though. Wait, I wanted to read one other question. What, does anyone know what time it is? Oh my God. Oh, Karen, we've all done all, we haven't, there's all these things we're supposed to do. How much time do we have? I'm so bad at hosting a podcast. <laughs> all right, so we do this thing where we say the podcast was sponsored by, and then I'll start, and then you'll do one. It's going to be easy. Oh, God, what? <laughs> I... All right. Karen, this is the part of the podcast where we, where we thank our sponsors. Okay. Um, I thought we didn't have sponsors. <sighs> it's a great point. I, I mean, I it's a great saying. point. We don't. We don't. Okay. I'd like to thank our actual sponsors, <laughs> but they don't exist. So instead, <laughs> we thank a bunch of fictional sponsors. <laughs> so, for instance, uh, I'm going to start by saying that um, I would like to thank. Mm, don't pick mm, the clown one because I'm going to pick that one. Yep. Damn it! Don't. I, if I find it first. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Today's. Today's podcast is brought to you by these amazing Beats headphones. These brilliant Beats oh, headphones, $300 or free. <laughs> and then you just say, today's podcast is brought to you by clowns or whatever. Uh, 
<laughs> I was just, yeah, I was going to go with Trinity. Oh, that's Park. great. That's great. That's great. Is that good? Yeah, Is that okay? That's awesome. What was it? Bob's Burgers? No. What is Hank wanna? <laughs> Bob's Burgers? Oh, Carl's Jr.? Carl's Jr. We don't... <laughs> we don't have that in New England. Uh, Carl's yeah, it's, Jr., it's, so. it's, it's In half the country, it's Hardee's, and in half the country, it's Carl's Jr. It's the same disgusting burger regardless. <laughs> All right, so... Today's podcast is brought to you by the clowns of Trinity University. (laughs) (laughs) Take that as you will. Oh, man. Yeah, we're so grateful to Trinity University for their continuing sponsorship (laughs) of our podcast. I mean, they're spending money on that San San Antonio airport ad. How is that still there? How? Can you imagine flying into that and seeing that? I mean, I would turn right back around. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of, the, one of the problems with this is that you want to minimize somebody's feelings of public embarrassment in this situation, but you can't really, because well, if you're walking in the airport and you glance over, you don't ever think about the ads in the airport, no. but you're going to think about that one. You know, like you're going to look over there and you're going to say, oh, whoa, no. <laughs> anyway... Well, the point like here, oh, I, think, no. I think actually there is a little bit of dubious nope. advice. No, you, you. I was just going to say, I feel like we're validating her suffering. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. we want to, like, Alyssa, obviously, this is not her fault. No. Except. Well, she did put the costume on. Maybe, just to be safe, you should never put on a clown costume. I really hope you lose a bank, uh, bet to Hank. No, really, no, really I mean, that's, that's all. Hank. That's, no, it's not on the, Hank. it's not on the docket, guys. I'm never getting in a clown costume. Re- it really, I mean, I am an artist. Oh. <laughs> I have drawn you before, in fact. I'll have as no control centaur. over whether I get in the clown costume. Oh. You've drawn me as a centaur. Yeah. Oh. You had the, um, the cutie mark, remember? I think I, I don't know if you've seen it yet or not. It's a character in Wizard School. Yeah. Has Hank cleared this with you? No. Okay, good. Good job, Hank. The cute, you know the My Little Pony have those, those cutie marks? Sure, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was the little... I got one of those oh, yeah. on, my, on my hind. Yep. It's <sighs> great. You know what, on second thought, maybe don't buy Wizard School. <laughs> I'll post that. All right. Um, we've, we, I want to get to one more question before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Um, but Wimbledon I don't is know. tennis, right? No. No? Is it racing? What is it? <laughs> it's gonna you know what's great? You know what's great about this? Like, you guys are like, oh, no, John's feelings are hurt. But in fact... You're, a- you're happy to educate me, aren't you? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I know. Anytime that. anybody's like, Wimbledon, what's that? I'll be like, do you have 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so I, would like, I would like to talk to you about the greatest sports story you've ever heard. I don't know. I'm from Boston. <laughs> oh. 
oh, come on, the Sox, are you kidding me? Great, when they won the World Series, are you kidding story. me? No, it's the a great story. The greatest sports story ever told, are no, you kidding me? It's a you great story. You can't even look at me right now and I say can't. that. Uh. It's a great story. <laughs> The Red Sox are a great story. It hurt my feelings that their curse was broken and the Cubs wasn't, but I was very happy for them. One of my cousins is a huge Red Sox fan. But the AFC Wimbledon story is just in a different league. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell, if you got 45 minutes after the podcast, I'll tell you all about it. All right. Or just watch the movie in a couple of years. It's a, hopefully. It's a movie. Well, um, I'm, yeah, Rosiana and I are making it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We, we talked to Real Movie Studio into letting us make the AFC Wimbledon movie. Nice. That's awesome. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look. There are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming, and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. All right. This is our last question before we get to some questions from our, our, our listeners here today. And uh, the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. It comes from Freya, who writes, Dear Hank and John. Nope. Dear John and Hank. <laughs> I'm dating this guy, and he's recently told me that he wants to be one of the people who goes on Elon Musk's Mars mission. How do I convince him that this is a terrible idea? I really like him, and I would like to carry on dating, but Mars is probably too far away for a long-distance relationship. <laughs> and I'm not going to Mars with him because it is a cold, dead rock. And I have no idea why anyone would want to go there. Freya, you are a person after my own heart. <laughs> Karen, how do you convince your boyfriend not to go to Mars? Well, I mean, I was dating long distance from California to Boston, and I convinced him to move to Boston recently. So I think that he's going to stay. So how do you convince him not to go to Mars? I mean, Mars is kind of cool. 
No. I mean... All right, let me, let me back up and ask you another question. Do you have any advice for that sort of cross-continent long-distance relationship? Oh, God, it's really hard. Um, we Skyped every night for, like, at 11, for me, 11 o'clock, and him, 8, for the whole, like, an hour a night. Like, that was how we kind of made it work, and lots of traveling, but... It's rough. It was rough. Yeah, it's it hard. was really rough. Um, it was worth it, but it was really, really rough. Um, my, I guess the best thing we had was communication, like constant communication, and you have to trust them completely. But yeah, yeah. Mars. I don't know what the time difference would be for that. That's and, a great question. I mean, would they be years ahead of you, <laughs> or behind? Or I mean, are you traveling in the future? I mean, what is? If only we had a science person to answer that question. <laughs> Do they have Skype? <laughs> well, according to the Martian, kinda. But as I recall, <clears throat> Mars is like several light minutes, maybe? Is it? Oh, yeah. Some, one of you probably knows science. Mars is several <laughs> light minutes away, right? Like between... But doesn't it depend... Yeah, it depends on how it depends on where we are. That's why we can only go to Mars in odd numbered years. Which by the way, Wait, if you can only make a space adventure in odd numbered years, that's not a risk we're taking. <laughs> this is the best scenario, you have to wait two years to get picked up. And in the worst scenario, you know, you're a corpse on Mars. <laughs> and then like people of the distant future will be like, How did this one corpse get to Mars? <laughs> And they'll, like, they'll imagine a civilization that never existed when it was really, it was just you. <laughs> Use anthropologists? Oh, confused anthropologists, confused yes. anthropologists. Yeah, I think, um, I think, first off, I don't think this is going to be a huge problem for no, Freya because I suspect that by the time this Mars mission actually goes in 2028 or later, the... <laughs> The relationship will have gone one way or the other. Yeah, you know? I'm pretty sure. And if it's a if it's a marriage or it's a real long term committed thing, hard to imagine. Well, I mean, if they just started dating and he's already thinking about moving light years away, that possibly light minutes, <clears throat> Mike minutes. Sorry, um, possibly the relationship isn't going anywhere. But oh, I'm sorry though. I feel bad. No, I feel bad. But I, I I mean, that's not a bad point though. I feel like if Sarah came to me and she said, I want to go to Mars, that would be a big red flag. Yeah, I'm thinking that's, you know, code for something. Right. Yeah, no, I would definitely be super alarmed. I mean, I'm thinking that the dating scene on Mars is not something to be worried about, though. I mean... Maybe, on the other hand, you know, when you're in a real intense situation with just four or five people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah, sure. You know? Did you, uh, did you ever see the movie Speed? Oh, God, I love that movie. I love that movie so much. I know, I know. I've watched that so many times. The only movie that's better is Speed 2. Um, oh, God, that's so bad. It's so good. Uh, I love bad movies like that. I do, too. Uh, I disaster do too. movies. I do, too. Oh. oh, I love a disaster movie. I've watched, uh, what is it, God, the one where the snowstorm hits Day New after York. tomorrow. Oh, God, it's the Great best movie. movie. Have you seen San Andreas? San Andreas, fantastic. The Rock. The Rock. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Is there a more reliable performance on Earth right now than the one consistently put in by Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I love him so much. <laughs> I love him. I can't wait for Moana. 
The Rock never makes a bad movie. I used Sarah and I used to talk about well, this thing. Scorpion King. I didn't see that. Oh, it's was it bad? As someone who loved the Mummy, uh huh, it was it was rough. Oh, but I bet The Rock was good in it. Oh well, The Rock was great. Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, an actor's only as good as his material. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Sarah and I uh, first started dating, we talked about this thing called the standard Tom Cruise 6.8, which was that uh, pretty much every Tom Cruise movie was a reliable 6.8. Like, you'd go to the movie theater and you'd be like, listen, I had a good time. I don't regret it. It was probably worth eight bucks. Um, was it a good movie? No. Do I remember the plot? Not really. But it was incredibly enjoyable. And the rocks like that, except instead of turning in 6.8s, he consistently turns in like 8.9s. Yeah, I was just going to say 8.8. .8. That's, oh. That's good. <laughs> That's not going to translate to the podcast. Yes, what's your question? Um, how do you deal with nerd competition? Because there's this kid in my English class who... <laughs> Okay, we took this vocab test, and I got 19 out of 19, I was really excited about it. And then I get to class, I'm like, Neil, what'd you get on the vocab test? 20 out of 19. <laughs> and I'm like, I try my best. <laughs> but how do you um, get better than Neil in English? <laughs> well, I mean, I was a terrible student. So, I'm probably not the most qualified person to answer this question, but I think uh, you, you have to think of the long game. It's not, how did you do versus Neil on the vocab <laughs> test this week? It's, who's going to have the better, happier, more fulfilling life in 20 years? And then... Yeah. Then you can like send a Facebook message to Neil and be like, what's up, Neil? Yeah. That's my advice. <laughs> Thank you. Karen? I don't know how to compete with that. See what I did there? Uh, I mean, you're... <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely some artists that I follow and I see what, they, what jobs they're getting and I'm makes me crazy because I wanted those jobs, but I think I keep trying to remind myself that I'm competing against myself. I look at what I did a year ago or two years ago or three years ago and see that I'm going further and then I draw really bad cartoons for myself of those artists <laughs> with bad, in clown oh, yeah, suits for sure. <laughs> to make myself feel better. Okay. That's you. predictably much better advice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, first off, could you sign my headphones? <laughs> um, but realistically, um, I, so I'm a, I'm a freshman at the University of Minnesota. Um, and, um, so I'm, uh, planning to get a degree, um, an undergraduate history degree in, um, hist or history with a focus on the Middle East. And I always, people always ask me, why? You're a middle-class white girl from Minnesota. What are you doing? Why are you learning Arabic? Um, so how do I explain myself to, or like justify? I mean, I know why I'm doing it, but like, what do you think is a good explanation to placate people? You don't need one. <laughs> You're doing what you want to do. You don't need to explain yourself to anybody. Yeah. Ask 
them why they're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why aren't you learning why Arabic? Why aren't you learning Arabic? <laughs> you should be. Yeah. I will give you your headphones back. Oh, thanks. Oh. <laughs> oh, you want me to sign them? I'll sign them. I'll sign them. I'll sign them. I have a Sharpie in my bag. Do you no, want this to do is going to be perfect. Okay. <laughs> I mean, could that have gone any better? N yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So hard. <laughs> Nicely done. Sorry, I had to move the mic because I'm too short. That's okay. <laughs> um, so as a writer and an artist, um, what would your advice be to someone who like, is more of a science math focus and then struggles with like, writing papers or doing artistic things in school? You want to take that one? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> You want me to take that one? I do, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't write to save my life. I, it's horrible. To answer an email, it takes me like an hour and a half. So um, I, my sister is my business manager. She's a writer. And I think I have learned what my strengths and my weaknesses are. And as I draw more and more every day, because I used to be a teacher, for, an art teacher for a long time, uh, and I used to love math when I was in school, but I'm finding as I become more and more right-brained, other skills are falling to the wayside. My spelling has become horrendous. And like I said, it takes me a long time to put words together and to, to write something legible. So I think that I have found people to help me in the weaknesses that I have. And um, I'll send, you know, if I have to answer something and Amy, Amy will send me some interview questions, I'll do like stream of consciousness and then she'll clean it up for me and make me look good. But um, yeah, I think I've pretty much embraced my strengths and recognize what my weaknesses are and then get help where I need it. Karen should have an actual advice podcast. <laughs> that's very good. I love your, sh your face is on that shirt. I, mean, I know, just, yeah, it's a little surreal? weird. I mean, that must be very, I mean, I see my art on shirts, but thank God, not my face. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. It um, is cool, it, though. Yeah, it is very cool. So Hank has talked about how he likes to ask people what their favorite bridges are. Um, so bridges? the question that I yeah. am very curious about is what your favorite inanimate object is. And if it helps, mine is a coat hanger because they are the actual worst. <laughs> my favorite inanimate object? Least favorite. Least favorite. Oh, least favorite. Like, is there an inanimate object that you just abhor? Least favorite inanimate uh, Well, um, yeah. This is not a very funny answer, but I have, I have OCD and I, I cannot abide um, uh, the velvet microfiber uh, textures on couches or this tablecloth is okay. <laughs> I checked. Yeah, but it's, kinda... it's just so horrible. And I don't understand, like, why it's a commercially available product. <laughs> Surely no one can handle being touched by that stuff. It's like being touched by a million fibers per inch. You're so conscious of the fact that it has a texture, and it's so, hor it's so horrible. So that. Sorry. <laughs> You need a minute? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I, I do. I hate it, though. Like, 
Sarah, at this point, like, Sarah has to be like, is this an acceptable texture for this item of furniture? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> uh, chalk. Oh. I, I can't. I can't. I mean, I was a teacher, and um, I, if, if there was a whiteboard, I would use it, and if there's a chalkboard, I wouldn't touch it. And then when I was in art school and we had to use charcoal, which is not much better, or chalk, like my fingernails are starting to just, <laughs> I can't, I can't even. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Terrible. Terrible thing. Sometimes when I was in school as a kid, I didn't really know why I did this, but I would hum very, very quietly, and I'd try to find a way to cover my ears when the chalking was happening. Oh. Of the, so I would just be like. Oh, the sound, the feel of it, everything. Oh, God, so bad. Oh, the so bad. Yeah. Uh, so my sister couldn't be here, but I'm asking on her behalf. Uh, she would like to know if you have any advice for introverts who are starting college. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> for introverts, what was the last part? Starting college. Oh. Oh, God. That's rough. It's terrible. Are you an introvert? Yeah. Yeah, me too. This is kind of rough. I mean... Just try to find time for yourself. Try to find the quiet time that you need and, um, and try not to feel too much social pressure to socialize when you don't feel like socializing. Uh, it's hard, but I had a hard time in college. I, I, I was very bad at it, so it's difficult for me to give advice about something that I was so exceptionally poor at doing. Um, but yeah, I guess just like try to take care of yourself. In general, like in those stressful situations where like something's radically new, I think you just have to try to practice really good self-care yeah don't be don't be ashamed of being introverted you know don't be down hard on yourself and set little goals like i'm gonna go to this party for half an hour and then i'm gonna reward myself with chocolate after i do it kind of thing <laughs> yeah that's good yeah i'm gonna have a big chocolate bar after this good for you yeah. that's my that's my reward Uh, would you rather have to wear a clown costume for the rest of your life or have to visit Mars? Or have to what? Visit Mars. Go Mars. <laughs> I mean, one of those things would result in my certain death. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean... I guess I'd go to Mars. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, you know, as long as I could bring my, I don't I'd miss my wife, but she would leave me if I had to wear a clown costume every day, so. Well, she didn't say you couldn't bring her. Yeah, but realistically, I I, I know that when I go and I say, Sarah, listen. um, I lost the bet to Hank. (laughs) I've had to make a weird choice. No real, no real idea why this is necessary, but I either have to wear a clown costume for the rest of my life or I have to go to Mars. What if I, there are clowns on Mars? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Imagine What's there? I know. You get to Mars. <laughs> Could you imagine? You get to Mars. <laughs> and there are clowns. And you're like, oh, finally, some alone time. <laughs> oh, I've just been craving this. And then you get out of your spaceship, clowns everywhere. <laughs> What are you going to do? Assimilate. (laughs) (laughs) You're screwed. (laughs) 
and then damned if you don't end up a guy on Mars wearing a clown suit. All right, we have time for a few more questions. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask you if you had any other great, terrible disaster movie options. If oh, so Assuming bad disaster movie date night. Oh, so many. Oh, yeah, I mean... It would have to be like bad disaster movie weekend. <laughs> I mean, well, the, vol better, the two huh? volcano ones, which one do you like better? Volcano or um, what is the other one? Yes. I mean, this is everything. Volcano is a like great better? movie. I'd go volcano, yeah. I think. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he's great oh, in that. Oh, when the guy goes into the lava. <laughs> Tom Cruise movie. Um, War, of the War of the Worlds. Yeah. Excellent. Love that one. Um, Standard Tom Cruise 6.8. Um, <laughs> uh, there's that great, there are those two great movies, the Meteor Impact movies. Armageddon, Armageddon and Deep Impact. And Deep, Deep Impact. Impact was depressing. Armageddon yeah. is just popcorn movie. Deep Impact was pretty depressing. Yeah, I don't like it when they get too they real. They got a little deep. Yeah, deep don't impact. tell me what it's actually going to be like. Yeah. Yeah, in the title. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that 2012 is a terrible movie, oh, but it is a disaster so movie. So bad. I love that movie. Yeah, no, so it's good. delicious. It's delicious. What? The core. The core. Oh, when they drill down because they have to restart the core of the Earth. You haven't seen that? <laughs> no. Oh, it's it's Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Oh, you gotta. It's so good. <laughs> How, how have did, you missed that one? How did Hillary Swank go from Million Dollar oh, Baby to the so core? Oh, good. They have to jumpstart the core of the Earth. Sure, of course they do. <laughs> Otherwise, how's it going to keep spinning? Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Well, yeah, Sharknado. Sharknado was fun to watch live and watch the Twitter feed. Yeah, that Sharknado, was what made that fun. Sharknado was only good on Twitter. And yeah, then, it was good on Twitter. And then, like, so many things, that when they went back to the well, it got worse and worse and yeah. worse. Um, I will give a shout out for what I believe to be the best action movie of all time, um, which is Die Hard 4. <laughs> just think it's like a... Which one? Was that when he had a kid? <sighs> no, it's got Justin Long, the guy who plays the Mac in the Mac commercials. Doesn't he have a daughter, though? In that oh, movie? yeah, he's got a kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the one before it was Samuel L. Jackson. That is also a great movie. That was a good one. The weird thing about Die Hard movies is that they, it was the first one, which was great. There was the second one, which was okay. There was the third one, which was great. The fourth one, which I think is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> and then the fifth one, which is There's the worst. One? I don't think I even saw that one. It's so bad. It's, dis it's unenjoyable. All right, well, you need to watch The Core. Okay, and you'll and watch, watch Die Hard. And I'll watch that one, yeah. and then right. we'll trade notes. All right, that's our advice. Beautiful, thank you. Um, okay, what is your favorite Pokemon? Both, what, what would you pick as a starter in original Pokemon, and what is your favorite of the 151 originals? Are you on Pokemon Go? Oh yeah. What level, what, what level are you? 25. I am yes! Really? I am, but how what far team? into 25? Um, team I'm Mystic. I'm team, team Red. Yes! Wow! You just made my day. Um, what is your favorite, what, is your, what, what would you pick as your starter? Oh, God. Uh, well, my son picked my starter for me, and I think he picked Pikachu, but I could be, was he a starter? Yeah. I'm just, I'm new to yeah. Pokemon in the last, like, six months. You can, you can yeah. hack it to make yeah. Pikachu oh. Pikachu's possible. We started with um, Squirtle. 
My favorite Pokemon to have, I was in England for six days. I spent, I don't want to tell you how much money on data <laughs> to catch a stupid Mr. Mime, which you can only catch in Europe. It's the only one you can catch only in Europe. And on my sixth day, I took a five mile long walk along the river. And at no point did I look up to see the sights. <laughs> I was just tracking Mr. Mime. And then he showed up right outside the Tate Modern and it took 20 Ultra Balls. Oh. And 20, he didn't run? And 20 Raspberries, he didn't run. It, wow. was, a, it was an epic battle. He was <laughs> staring me down, the most horrifying, ugly Pokemon. It's essentially the clown Pokemon. Oh. And I was sweating. It was the most intense fight I've had since middle school. And when I caught him when it said gotcha I thought I was going to start crying <laughs> and then I sent Sarah a bunch of screenshots and she was like I don't care I don't have an epic story like that. I no. wish I did. I have a little sentimental one. My, my son Ryan's favorite uh, animal is a tiger, so he likes the... Uh... Growlithe? Yes. So I have two of them, and one of them I named um, Arca Ryan, and the other one is named for my youngest son, who wants to be just like his older brother, so he likes tigers too, James Lith. So those are my Aww. two. I know. They're very cute. That's a very cute story. Yeah. All right, I apologize to everybody whose questions we're not going to get to, but this is going to have to be the last one, I think. Sorry. <laughs> um, so my friends and I have had a question that we've been debating for 10 years. This was pre-Hamilton, -Ham um, so don't let that impact your answer too much. But we wondered what your, you consider to be the foxiest founding father. All right, so what, are the, what, what, what is considered the Founding Fathers? We have gotten um, Abraham Lincoln as an answer, so he's not a Founding no, Father. He's not a, no, no. <laughs> he's a good guy, but... Yeah, also not foxy, really. Well, I mean, he's tall. Some girls like that. Yeah, he was tall. He was tall. Um, he did also say, um, if I had two faces, would I be wearing this one? Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I guess for me, you got the, it's a tough one. I can't get Hamilton out of my head. Yeah, I mean, because Hamilton is so I mean, hot. That's really, really, <laughs> I just. All I can see is David Diggs dancing as Jefferson. And Jefferson's I mean, I just, also very hot, yeah. Um, is David Diggs a founding father? Can I pick him? God. Yeah, this is tough, this is tough, this is real tough. Uh, and then I'm trying to like, I'm trying to reach and come up with some more obscure founding fathers, but like looking at them, I'm not thrilled with any of them in my mind. Yeah. Franklin no. had very good calves. Franklin was like 87 years old. I'm gonna go with Hamilton. I think I would have picked Hamilton pre-Hamilton. Okay, what about you, Karen? I mean, I don't want to copy him, but I'm going to go with Hamilton, too. Yeah, I mean, if, 
<laughs> in the musical Hamilton, it would be all Davy Dicks, but I'm thinking the real ones, Hamilton. I all right. Mean, yeah. One more question. <laughs> Hi. I'm really nervous now. <laughs> um, I'm asexual and aromantic, and it can kind of be awkward if I'm hanging out with like my friends who have significant others. Uh, I feel like I'm third wheeling like all the time. Do you have do you have any arrow ace friends, and do you have any advice for couples to kind of interact with people who choose to be single? Yeah, we do have an ace friend who we hang out with sometimes. Um, we don't. Well, you know, we don't socialize much because we have young children. So. I was just going to say, I don't really ever go out anymore, so... Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, yeah I, of all my friends, whenever I talk about any of my friends, I'm like, we hang out sometimes, you know, yeah. like four times a year. Conventions. When I go to conventions, that's the only time I have a social life, yeah. really. That's it. At home, I don't. Um, and I guess, I mean, the main thing, I guess in... in this, I have very limited experience in this, but I, the only thing I'd say is that... Uh, it's not as as a person who's in a couple. It's not uncomfortable for me to be in those situations. Like I don't feel like like you're third wheeling, if that makes sense. Like if when we're hanging out with a single friend, um, I don't ever feel like they're incomplete, you know, <laughs> or or that they're not they're not like pulling their weight or whatever. Because in many cases, when people uh, you know have a partner, you don't like the partner nearly as much as you like your friend yep so it's sort of worse yeah sometimes at least you know and then you have to just be like oh god that guy's gonna be there <laughs> wish there was a way to hang out with that guy without hanging out with that other guy <laughs> hope hope the friend i'm thinking about doesn't it's like don't say anything doesn't don't listen to the names. pod too don't much <laughs> um Oh, apparently we have 15 minutes left. Shoot. <laughs> Did you? Is that more than you thought or less? That's more than I thought. Oh. That's good, though. We'll get to a couple more questions. So, yeah, I guess that's what I would say, like, is that, um, and, and, maybe, and maybe also just acknowledge it. Um, sometimes, sometimes things are uncomfortable because we don't talk about them. Uh, and then when you acknowledge them, they become easier. But, yeah. I don't know. It's pretty dubious advice. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, my name is Ryan. Uh, oh, no way. <laughs> is it really? No. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's um, quickly, Karen. There's yeah. this person named Ryan who wrote in and when... Sorry, I'll tell you all. When this person, this person, Ryan, wrote in, they said their name, Ryan, like six different times in the email, but then I also added it six more times and so people often call themselves Ryan. It's a good name. What, what's going on, Ryan? <laughs> Yesterday, you talked about the trolley problem when you were talking about the end of the fault in our stars. Um, so what are your thoughts on the trolley problem? What would your solution be? Do you know what this is? On the what? Yeah. The trolley problem? The trolley problem? Yeah. Oh, God, I thought you said Trump problem, and I was like, oh. let's not do that. Oh, trolley. thank God we haven't had a no, question about that. No, I was going to say, don't, let's not. Trolley problem? Sorry, you made me think about Trump. I know, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I know it was a nice hour where there was The trolley problem, I always always get it wrong. So I'm just going to tell you guys the wrong trolley problem because I always get it wrong. Basically, there's three people tied to the tracks. And then there's, yeah. 
Right. Let's say there's three people tied to the tracks. This and is a hypothetical, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. And there's a trolley coming. It's definitely going to run them over. You can pull a switch that will send the trolley uh, to a different path, but then it will run over two people, and you can see those two people. And also, you have to pull the switch to have it go, and, and then so you, what do you do? Most people make the passive choice, believing that it's not a choice, that they don't become a participant in this... Um, hypothetical murder. I mean, the good thing about the trolley problem, right, is that most of us probably are never going to find ourselves in a situation where we can uh, do that. But then on some level, like, we're always constantly making decisions, passive decisions that, um, you know, are probably not in, like, the broad interest of the human species, but are in the interest of, like, the people close to us, which is what the trolley problem is, or one of the things that it's about, I guess. I do not have a solution for it. Is the rock available in this scenario? <laughs> Because that's my solution. He would get them all, right? And then stop the trolley. Oh my God, he would. He would he get would. them all and then he would just be like... Ksh. Yeah. Do you know The Rock eats six pounds of cod every day? Oh, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's just an amazing person. He is. Do you know that... You know... So when, when you do press junkets, it's a weird, horrible... It's, I don't want to like complain about movie stuff but press junkets are pretty it's as bad as movie stuff gets and basically you sit you sit in a room in a very small hot room and every six minutes a different reporter comes in and interviews you and it's totally dehumanizing for everyone involved and you cannot think about the reporter and they ask you the same questions over and over again and it's almost impossible to think of these reporters as like people because you're so nervous about saying something wrong and getting in trouble or whatever and it's just like a and it goes on for hours so you meet hundreds of these people when I did the Paper Towns tour, I think I did like 500 press junket interviews, and, it is, it's, it's, and I'm not The Rock. When The <laughs> Rock does it for like Fast and Furious 7, it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And, but The Rock is amazing. And he really is. Everyone I've ever talked to in the press, they're all like, uh, you know who's great? The Rock. <laughs> He's so nice. He's so caring. And I saw this YouTube video. You can look it up. It's pretty amazing. This guy interviews The Rock every time The Rock has a movie out. And The Rock remembers him every time. And they always do something like fun and cool together. And uh, to surprise him, uh, The Rock officiated his wedding. Stop it. Of course he did. You know, people say we live in a like, you know, in a in a in a post God world, but maybe not. I love him. I know, God. Have you met him? Oh no. No, I I couldn't bear. I was bear hoping to. I was two steps like the Kevin Bacon game. Wait like a if you second. had met him, then maybe I'd be I two think steps I did away. Meet him. Yes. I think he gave me an MTV movie award. You have an MTV movie award? Really? I do. Do you really? <laughs> Cool. Funny story about it, actually. <laughs> um, we won, The Fault in Our Stars won MT, the MTV Movie Award for Movie of the Year, which was really cool. And, um, <laughs> but I didn't get a, a, an award like the director did. I mean, you know, to be fair, I also didn't have anything to do with making the movie. So I, <laughs> I probably didn't deserve an award, but, um, you know, the director got one and the actors got one and the producers got one and I didn't get one. And then I called the producer of the movie and I was like, hey, um, can I get one of those MTV movie <laughs> can awards? I get one of those, those and he was like, 
they're 300 bucks a piece. And I was like, can I get one anyway? <laughs> and he, he did. He got me one. But yeah, so it's in my basement. It's pretty, it's pretty great. That must be pretty cool. That is the best, the coolest award I have. I also have a Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award. Oh, did you get slimed? No, I didn't get to go to the show. But oh. it was still cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Those are, those are the two weird things that happened to me. That's I, awesome. I hope we answered your question. <laughs> the trolley question? Oh, yeah, we did. The Rock. Yeah, yeah, The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. From now on, that's the answer. The Rock. Okay, um, I just wanted to remind you that you actually did plug Hardee's in an abundance of Catherine's, and I wanted to know if you were going <laughs> to retroactively ask for your $5,000 or maybe, <laughs> maybe for uh, 478 Monster Thick Burgers. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh. You say you've never been to Hardee's? We don't have them in Boston. Mm, well. I don't think. No, no not well, really. Your life won't get any better. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't say that I plugged it in Abundance of Catherine so much as I acknowledged its existence. Is that not what product placement but there is? is a, uh, yeah, there is a weird history of this in American fiction of, of writers getting paid to do product placement, basically. I do not do that. Um, oh, like in their books? Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a really interesting... Do they have that for art? Huh? Sorry, go ahead. Never mind. Yeah. No, never mind. Just put, like, in the background of the wizard school art, just a bunch of Hardy signs. <laughs> Man, they're always coming from Hardy's oh or going to Hardy's. <laughs> See, if we'd been working on wizard school together, that would have happened. Yes. But Hank, it was yeah, not... Yeah, Hank wouldn't let it happen. Mm -mm. All right, sorry. Um, no, I would not. I would never do paid product placement in a book. It would... I mean, that would be bad. I'm not that bad. Hello. Hi. So I had an embarrassing experience yesterday where I was volunteering for the writer's panel and I met you and Ben Blacker, John, and I got a little starstruck and forgot to tell you that although my name was not Maureen Johnson, it actually yep. was Amy. So <laughs> my question is, what is your advice for people like me who tend to freeze and make fools of themselves when encountering people who are significantly cooler than them, like you and Karen. The first time I met him was at VidCon. Hank flew me out to VidCon to promote Wizard School, and we had just set up, and he turns the corner, and I literally was like, oh, John Green. <laughs> I don't know if you even remember that. I do remember. Like, with bodyguards and everything. I was like, hi. <laughs> I mean, this is only the second time we've met, and I'm still kind of freaking out right now. You don't um, seem to be. No, I, I freak out about other artists that I meet at Comic-Con. My friend, I say friend now, and I feel like I'm faking that, but Katie Cook, who's an incredible artist, the first time I met her, I think I was just starting to pursue art, and I had gone to a con just to kind of check out what it was like, and I went up to her, and I was like, oh my God, I love you so much, and you're so great, and everything. She's like, oh, I think I've seen some of your work. I have one of your shirts. I was like, oh! <gasps> <laughs> And I still, I mean, I've seen her at conventions and I'm friends with her on Facebook for the last couple of years and I still freak out when I see her and I'm st still like completely in with Hank. I mean, I don't know what the best, I mean, I think, but I've also been on the other side in the last couple of years. I've been lucky enough that people come up to me and they kind of get starstruck and nervous and seeing what it feels like on the other side and knowing that there's absolutely no reason to be nervous at all. I know it doesn't help logically, like, because I'm still, but... Um, I think I, I know for, 
I get completely nervous. It goes both ways. I think it's just normal. I think it's good. It means you're excited <laughs> to, to be talking to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I think the main thing is, like, sometimes after one of those encounters, uh, I will, like, break it down in my head obsessively and feel like, oh, God, I was such an idiot. I was such oh, an embarrassment. Yeah. I oh, can't yeah. believe that I said that. I, and they don't care. Mm-mm. They don't. <laughs> They don't remember. Jeffrey Eugenides has no idea that he met me. He has no memory of meeting me. He does not care what I said. It went in one ear and out the other. That's what I tell myself anyway. Um, or like when I met Sherman Alexi, I was just like, hi. And yeah, I mean, it was a disaster, but like, you just got to let it go. Got to let it go. So I'm trying to let it go. Um, still. <laughs> My strategy is to get in, say thank you, and get out. Yeah. Just get out fast. Like, treat it like a burning car, you know, where you're just... It's also possible that I forgot to say thank you. Indeed. <laughs> That's my strategy. I'm very sorry that we have to wrap it up now, but I'm getting the wrap it up sign from our friend in the back. I'm sorry that we didn't get to answer your question. Nice person who's next in line. I apologize. Should we give them this? You get this. You get this. (laughs) That didn't go well. Uh, You tried. What's that? Oh, this is the guy who timed to find out who talked more in the podcast with his sister. (laughs) Can someone please Google the AFC Wimbledon Swindon Town score? How far in the game is it? I love you guys for caring. I love it so much. Gentle reminder that you too can become an owner of AFC Wimbledon. By joining the Don's Trust for just 25 pounds, which these days is like eight dollars. Yeah, it's true. Um, So, (laughs) so the news from AFC Wimbledon is that they are currently playing Swindon Town. Just for a little bit of context, AFC Wimbledon. (laughs) All right. So in in English soccer, there's the teams at the top. That's the Premier League. You know, like Manchester United, you ever heard of them? Yes. Chelsea, no. Liverpool. Okay. Those yeah. teams. Liverpool yep. owned by uh, the Boston Red Sox owner, John Henry. Yes. And then, uh, and then if you're a really bad team in the Premier League, the bottom three teams each year get relegated down to the league below that, which is called, helpfully, the championship. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then the best teams in the championship get promoted up to the Premier League each season because the worst teams from the Premier League have been relegated. The worst teams from the championship get relegated down to the third tier of English soccer, which, and this is a totally reasonable decision, is called League One. <laughs> and beneath that, you have League Two, the fourth tier of English soccer. And then beneath that, it's semi-pro slash amateur. So these are the professional, full-time professional leagues. AFC Wimbledon is currently located happily, comfortably, right in the middle, about there. This is a very visual gag for a podcast. Uh, And they're playing Swindon Town, who's about there, just below them. And... uh, it's zero zero at halftime. That's the update. Okay. So from, because I need more context. Great. That's a team. Yeah. I, I thought it was a, 
a league or something. It's a team, and they play soccer. Correct. All right. So if you could sign this, I'm going to sell this on eBay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you. Of course. There you go. Excellent, thank you. There you go. We maybe alternately we could give it to the best question, but if you want oh, to sell it on eBay, that that's fine. No, we could do that. Oh, guilt me into that. All right. That's and the news idea. from uh, the news from Mars is uh, that Elon Musk has said that if you want to go to Mars, you should be prepared to die there and leave he your girlfriend behind. <laughs> so he really did say that. So did he really? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, but. You say it. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. That's one of those things that you know. Yeah, but you don't necessarily but do you have say to really articulate it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever? Is there ever a, a, a world in which you would go to space? If I didn't have kids, yes. What the kids if, keep me here? Like I. But. What if you're like 80? Your kids are grown up. They've got good lives. I'm hoping they're gonna be grown up when I'm 60. How about 60? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, then there might be grandchildren. It's true. And those you get to spoil and not have to discipline, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's true. It's true. It's tough. If I didn't have kids, I would definitely be in, in, interested in doing much more something like that. But yeah. those kids keep you on Earth. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to space for all the money in the world. Why? It just sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm a little claustrophobic, so now that I think about it, possibly. That I mean, would I be get nauseated uh, just from being up on stage. Well, that's a whole different thing. <sighs> you know, everybody's looking at you. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so uh, what did we learn today, Karen? Well, I learned that AFC Wimbledon is a team, and they don't play tennis. So I think I'm ahead of the game this morning. Yeah, that's true. I learned never put on a clown suit. Never. Ever. Dangerous. Um, Those are what headphones look like, the beat ones. Yeah. I was picturing something much more elaborate. Yeah, those are not that big. Yeah. But I grew up in the 80s where everything was, hair was... Right, you like held in your huge hair with your gigantic headphones. Oh, the Aquanet, the, yeah. Yeah. And uh, lastly, we learned... Um, uh, what else did we learn? Hmm. Hmm. Hank and I do this every week. We're like, what did we learn? What did we learn? What did we talk about today? Hmm. Lastly, and lastly, we learned don't <coughs> name your dog Cammy. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much for potting with me. Thank you for having me. Uh, again, you can find Karen's stuff uh, at Etsy or all over the internet. What's your website? KarenHellion.com. Oh. Works out really well. Uh, to have a name that isn't John Green. JohnGreen.com, owned by a realtor in southern oh, Mississippi and really? has been since like 1992. Oh. Uh, thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you for potting with me. Thanks to everybody for your questions. You can email us at hankandjohn at gmail.com or uh, you can also send us tweets with the hashtag Dear Hank and John. Uh, I'm John Green. Hank is Hank Green. Karen is. Hank Green, too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, of course, Alyssa is at Clown Alyssa. (laughs) This podcast is edited by Nicholas Jenkins. 
Victoria Bongiorno helps out with social media. Rosiana Hals Rojas helps with many, many things, including questions. Uh, our theme music is by Gunnarola. I love Gunnarola. Yeah, he's great. One of the one of my favorite YouTubers. Uh, and as we say in my hometown, don't forget to be awesome. Oh, we should all do that together. Great idea. <laughs> You guys are smart. Yeah, they're wicked All right. smart. Here we go. Roll it back, Roll Nick. Back. And as we say in our hometown, don't, don't forget to be awesome. Great. Thank you guys so much. Thank this has you. been such a pleasure. You can uh, listen to it in a few weeks when Hank is on paternity leave. And have a wonderful day. Thanks, Karen. Thank you.